Hi everyone, Nikki here. Uh, and Yellow and I recorded this episode on Monday, May 2nd, um, a couple hours before the Supreme Court leaked, the United States Supreme Court leaked that they were going to overturn Roe versus Wade. Um, I just wanted to get on here and just state that um, this podcast, both of us, we are both pro-abortion. We believe in free abortion on demand, um, and it needs to be legal and safe. Um, we're going to link some abortion funds in the show notes, so please, if you have some extra money that you can donate, we would really appreciate you donating to some abortion funds specifically, um, because they're going to be doing really good work on the ground with people that need it. So again, just want to state that we are a pro-abortion podcast, and um, please, please consider donating. Thank you so much, and enjoy our third episode. installment of our monthly podcast into pro wrestling noah i am one of your hosts nikki i'm nello and we, we got a nello here yeah i uh i'm really bad at like throwing it back over to you so uh see so, yeah, we took uh, last month off um i had a bit of i i was trying to like figure out if i want to move out of florida or not spoiler i am moving out of florida i'm Ooh. gonna be moving to minneapolis the land of dante martin <laughs> very very soon so if uh land of dante martin the land of dante martin <laughs> sorry air cannon it's dante martin's territory now um <laughs> sorry uh uh awa <laughs> um but yeah so um if anyone out there is from minneapolis i'll be going to first wrestling i'll be going to battleground wrestling and a couple of the other indies around there so i'm stoked to get out there so that's why that's one of the reasons we took last month off there's also like um so much wrestling i got burned out after wrestlemania weekend um i didn't really want to talk about wrestling anymore after that weekend even though i didn't watch that much of it um but like briefly i went to revolution um at the beginning of the month in orlando i went to rampage i went to the fan fest and i went to revolution uh, and just like really quickly rampage was super fun they gave us like some good dark matches because it's just a one-hour show um and uh andrade darby and um and sammy just like tore the house down with that triple threat it was it was so 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 good and then you know the next day or, i mean then Sunday, the Revolution pay-per-view was just, like, outrageous. Oh, the coolest thing that happened at Rampage is I met Hulk and got a selfie with him. That was oh, amazing. Right. I'm a day yeah. one, I'm a day one Hook guy. Like, immediately, hooker. This, Isn't it a, hooker? a day one Hook. I want, it feels weird saying I'm a day one Hooker, but I'm a day one Hooker. Um, You know, the second that he was on TV, I was like, ooh, who's this twink? I like him. 
<laughs> and now he's like a phenomenal. So I got like a, I got like a cool Mark pick with him. It was really sweet. Um, yeah, just like the best show I've ever been to in my entire life. Um, I've been to a lot of wrestling shows, been a lot of you know, but like this was by far the best wrestling show, top to bottom, I've ever been to was was um, Revolution. You know, I waffle back and forth on if my favorite match was Eddie Kingston, Chris Jericho, or if it was MJF, CM Punk. But like, there's really no bad opinion on like what your favorite match is on that entire card. Um, sadly, I didn't get to it. I it wasn't didn't have the greatest match I've ever seen live. Um, everything everything didn't it just like nothing hit that like I'm seeing like e like an individual match where I was like I'm seeing something that's like truly legendary except for the dog collar match that's the only one that i felt that way about but the whole card from top to bottom was just outrageous i think i personally had like nine notebook matches from that show i think like yeah, something like was... ridiculous like that um yeah. so yeah um that was just like, like oh and also i i did go to control your narrative um i got i got a secondhand ticket i went to the show um <laughs> I know the person that went to the rant room. <laughs> it's a real person. I know who they are, and we have talked about the experience. I don't want to disclose more than that because I don't know how much they want people to know about it. Uh, because you there's have like to see one so of the much hubbub. Yelled at Austin Aries. We'll say that there was no yelling involved, and my friend did go in there to try and constructively talk to him and make him understand why people get pissed at him. Like that was that was the reason why my friend went into the rant room. Um, he didn't want to yell. They didn't want to yell. They just wanted to like you know, kind of like explain like the perception that Austin like the fans have of him. Anyway, that's all I'm gonna say about that. Uh, about the about the rant room. What can you say about the rant room? The show sucked. Um, <laughs> there was uh, no there was zero good matches. Um, almost nothing memorable. It was like really cheesy and dumb. The matches sucked. Um, everything was like it was like all borderline parody where like you couldn't tell if they were being self-serious or if they were intentionally parodying stuff like I think EC3 is doing a parody but I think he might have like worked himself into a shoot over the parodies I'm not it's hard to tell which makes it like intriguing and captivating to me the concept of it but like they're not executing it well at all um, I will say it was very cool that they had a gay wrestler win a, um, win his match on the show. Caden Pierre, awesome. Um, he like stripped down to like almost a thong in the match. It was really fun, and like it wasn't being played for jokes. Um, it was he was just like feeling himself and like just feeling sexy and like showing off his body. It was awesome. Um, that part was awesome. Uh, but the show was just the the highlight of the show for me. Was when Wesleyan Blake Wesleyan Blake is that his name Wesleyan Blake? I don't I don't know. I have no one of those one of those racist one of those racist guys like Forgotten Sons guys. I guess the one Forgotten Son that is racist. The other ones were just playing were just part of his group. Anyway, um, Wesleyan Riker, maybe. I think so. I think that's him. I think that was Wait, him. Nick, Nick, Nicky, stop real quick. I don't want to open the show with like 10 minutes. On that's true. That's true. Either. You're right. You're right. I'll, I'm going to cut this shit out. I'm going to cut this yeah, out. No, no, it's okay. I'm going to cut it out. I'm going to cut it out. All right. So it was like five minutes in. Cut out. CYN. After saying gay win was awesome. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry about that. No, no, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah. Okay, so so yeah. The show wasn't good. 
Um, and and Revolution after the next day was just like one of the most transcendent wrestling experiences I had. So anyway, uh, I didn't really watch much else in March besides like uh, Revolution and then like Mania Weekend. I mostly watched Ring of Honor, which was very fun. Um, Bloodsport, which was good. And like part of night one of Mania, and then I just gave up. <laughs> what was your yeah. what was your March like? I mean March. So you know, I usually pick which matches I'm going to watch from each show. So you know, some of these Noah shows, like the Road Two, I'll watch one match. I'll be like, I'm not going to yeah. watch all these multi mans. But March had a shitload of shows where it was like, okay, I need to watch everything on here. Tokyo Joshi Grand Princess, DDT's 25th anniversary Judgment which I think is like an all-time top 10 favorite show of mine, Revolution. You had the Manias. You had so much Mania Weekend where I don't think I caught up on March until like a week and a half, two weeks ago. So it was <laughs> a, March was a long couple months of wrestling. Let's put it that way. Uh, to quickly run down my thoughts on Mania Weekend, um, you know, Mania is always fun to watch for the moments. But after it's done, I'm never really thinking about it again because, you know, Kevin Owens fighting Stone Cold Steve Austin and then 24 hours later, he's feuding with Ezekiel, right? So it's one of those things where the excitement and the elation and the, you know, as you said, the quote-unquote transcendence of big events like that quickly diminishes, is just pretty <laughs> much gone. And it's like, you know, it's like a Marvel movie. Yeah, I saw that. There was some really wild explosions. I'm uh, good now. <laughs> and so, but the stuff I enjoyed from WrestleMania weekend, um, from Bloodsport, Busick versus Moxley, like many people said, um, I really did not care for the collective. I thought it was, you know, they really need to work on not booking the same people on every show. Um, I think that is obviously a challenge. I'm not going to act like that's an easy fix or something to do, but it's hard to justify you know, watching much less pain for all of these events where unless it's Mike Bailey, I have nothing against Jordan Oliver, but I don't need to see him wrestle eight times, you yep, know? Yep. And so, but I will say that I thought the match of the weekend was Cole Radrick versus Akira from GCW's Planet Death. Uh, you know, Akira is one of those just incredibly rare talents um he's only getting better he has that catches catch can style mixed with you know japanese strong style and just really insane deathmatch wrestling he really reminds me of a young masashi takeda so hopefully bigger things on the horizon for him um i still need to watch super card of honor i've heard really really good things especially about briscoe's ftr oh yeah um Speaking uh, of Briscoe's, I watched the high incident match last night. It was so stupid and so good and so fun. Was uh, that the, um, the scaffold match that ended in a draw? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Classic GCW. <laughs> and that show had their sound going in and out the entire time. So, like, you couldn't even hear the commentary, thank God. But, yeah. Um, for real quick, for March, I just wanted to go through what I was able to see from Noah. Yeah, go ahead. Um so, you know, on March 5th, we had one of the N Innovation shows, which is their, which is their all junior shows. Um, I didn't watch this one, just notable because you had uh, Sushi Katoge defeating, you know, the awful human being, Hajime Ohara, um, just because that was pretty much the end to their brief singles feud. 
after Ohara defected to Congo. And then for whatever reason, you had Nosawa defeating Yohei in like 20 minutes because Nosawa's going over P1 singles matches, whatever. <laughs> um, they did have some really great matches and I thought Great Voyage in Yokohama as a whole was a great show. Um, I, watched, I did you know, catch that one. I did catch that show. Yeah, you have the tag tournament, um, yeah. Daiki Inaba and Kaito Kiyomiya versus Masaaki Mochizuki, Naimichi Marafuji in the first round. Um, I have really grown a lot on Kiyomiya in recent times. Um, you know, I think his work since last year's N1 when he changed his look and said, I'm not trying to look pretty anymore. I'm trying to become the best wrestler. It was that necessary character change for me mm -hmm. that really bought into him. You know, not as a wrestler or like as a resilient baby face, which I felt like was his only thing going for him at first. But he finally got that Yoshihashi fire. I'll, I'll put it that way. <laughs> um, I've still yet to see that from Daiki Inaba. You know, Wrestle One alumni with many other people. Uh, the more I learn about Wrestle One, the more I realize how they've completely changed the landscape of like post 2019 Japanese wrestling. Um, I thought this match was good. It was a fun starting match. Um, the next match I loved. It was yes. probably my favorite out of the bunch. Hideki Suzuki yeah. making his return to Japan after uh, people are like, it was so cool. Fuck that, man. Like, who gives a shit about Diamond Mine? He never said a single word on TV. He never did a single thing in the ring. Like, I'm pretty sure he shit? wrestled zero matches. Yeah, he yeah. wrestled zero matches. Yeah, I mean, he was a trainer and it's just... Yeah, fuck that whole thing. Um, so him making his return to Sugiura Goon and teaming with Takashi Sugiura. Um, they defeated Masakatsu Funaki and Keno in a semifinal match. This was just, you know, it's the, the wrestling between Funaki and Suzuki, the brutality between Sugiura and Keno. It's everything that you want from Noah. You yep. know, great map-based wrestling, very realistic. Or I shouldn't say realistic, but very stiff striking. Yeah. Um, their main event scene has such a level of believability to it that I've always really appreciated. Um, Go Shiyazaki versus Manabu Soya. This was another I like this match. alumni. I like this match yes. a lot. Yes. Um, I think this is my first Manabu Soya match, too. Wow. Yeah, yeah. See, I think Soya... I've been watching him for only a couple years now, I think since he joined Noah, and this was my favorite Manabu Soya match so far. Um, they worked really well. Like, I think if you're talking about wrestlers who have had the best singles matches this year, I think Mike Bailey, I think Go Shiyazaki, and like, I'm trying to see him pulling up my log now. Um, I mean, Nakajima, you know shit anyway <laughs> no just punk is on a great run as well but this is really... most of them are gimmick matches true no page has been on an the incredible page run runs as well. great yeah um then we had uh ita from dragon great dragon gate and los peros del mall defeating daisuke harada for the ghc junior heavyweight championship and then in the main event we had suzuki and sugira wearing the winning the tag titles um Great finals, too. Again, it's just hard for me. The sequences with Kiyomiya and the other men are great, but Inaba just doesn't do much for me. He's very much like a T-Hawk or a Chima or a Pete Dunn in the sense where I'm like, they're good wrestlers. They've accomplished things, but I have yet to 
see a moment with them where I'm like, fuck yes. And it's very hard for me to just get into them, I suppose. Yeah, did you have any thoughts regarding the show? Um, you know, I, I skipped around. I only watched the matches that we mentioned. Um, but I did, I did enjoy it. Um, I thought the tag tournament was, was, was fun, um, especially because there's no Muto in it. <laughs> yes. And it's like, it was like the old guys at work that still work well, you know? Like, Sugira, like, is still, like, great in the ring. Uh, Funaki yep. is... Funaki's been hit or miss for me. Um, but Suzuki has been um, pretty impressive so far. I had not seen any of his matches um, before. I think that was my first uh, Hideki Suzuki match I ever watched. It was the first round of the of the the mini tournament so oh, wow. starting to get yeah, to know him and we're, we're we'll talk about another match he had in march in a second <laughs> so good uh <laughs> yeah i would really ch- check out his i want to say 2018 or 2019 big japan strong championship run mm-hmm. it was incredible um we had great voyage in fuki uh fukuoka eight days later on march 21st yeah this one had another great singles match with Shiozaki this time against Masaki Mochizuki. That match was yeah. fucking tight. Kicks versus chops, and sometimes that's all you really need. Great limb work. It was phenomenal. Yep. And, you know, Mochizuki, out of all the M's Alliance, you know, Additional players, Muto, Miyamoto, who, who's not really there anymore because of his BJW obligations right now, but um, who else? Uh, even Masato Tanaka and stuff like that. But Mochizuki, I think, is really the unsung hero of that group. He is having, anytime he's put in that spot, he has really, really good matches. Yeah. Like he, he is just, he's fun to watch and he is adapted over time very well. Um, Kut- uh, Atsushi Kotoge and Yohei defeated. Kitaro Suzuki and Nasawa Rongai to defend their junior tag titles. Uh, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch I just it. Said that for the nice, yeah, fuck it. I we're like the podcast where we're like, yeah, here's our monthly recap. Uh, we didn't watch it, but I guess that's <laughs> fair. I did. I did watch. Fu- I did watch Fujita versus Tanaka, um, and that was enjoyable. It was it was enjoyable. A little really long, but like I like Tanaka, and and like the thing is, is like. I kind of see what Noah sees in Fujita, <laughs> you know? There's there's times where I'm like, yo, Fujita. Let's not say fucking... Noah, it's Nasawa. Nasawa. Yeah. <laughs> there's times where I'm like, oh, Fujita fucking rocks, <laughs> you know? No. But it's, never, but it's almost never for a full match, I feel that way. It's sequences and moments. Um... But this is the match I like mostly because of his part, the you know not his partner, but the guy you faced, Tanaka. How how did you feel about this match? So did you see their match from December? No, or no, they went to a thirty minute time limit draw, and I'm pretty sure it's the one where Tanaka's. It's like Busick versus Moxley. Tanaka's just buckets by the end of it, bleeding, and it was so brutal. And it was one of those matches that started and never stopped. You know. Like, just a really good draw in the sense where they didn't waste time to get there. They used it all, and it felt like they had things, like, it was unresolved by the end. Not just because of the draw, but it felt like they really had more to do. So I was very excited for this defense. And, you know, it's pretty rare, honestly, that I watch a Fujita singles match that I don't like. I'm into his weird fucking style. He is like the <laughs> old Romero, you know, of professional wrestling Noah. And 
He's so weird. He's literally like a fucking human monster. I mean that in the best way. I loved versus, him versus Nakajima. Did I like the result? No. Um, but Not this one just... Yes, but this one did not do it for me. It mm. really felt like this time they were trying to just waste time to get there. Mm-hmm. And to get there this time, it was just Fujita beating him. And it really was a big letdown from their previous match. Um, it didn't feel like they were going as hard. I don't know what was happening, but it felt like Tanaka hitting his spots, his spots, Fujita, you know, wasting a lot of time moving pretty goddamn slow. And that was it. Um, so I really wasn't a big fan of this one and I was pretty let down, but two days later on my birthday, actually my 30th birthday, we had Katsuhiko Nakajima versus Goshiyazaki again, which, you know, real quick, I want to say this is pretty much my favorite matchup in wrestling uh-huh. and their match on, was it January 1st this year? January 1st. Yeah. Uh, is one of my top 10 favorite matches of all time. Yeah. Like just ridiculously good. I think that's and my this number two one, match of the year right now. Yeah. It's, and this one, I'm not saying this match was not good. I thought it was still absolutely fucking phenomenal, but it felt so rushed. Mm-hmm. So, so rushed. And it didn't feel like their previous match had so much, story to it so much build up it's like if they did hangman versus omega and then the next month omega or page drops to danielson and then they run omega and page again on like zero notice and it's like wait what why so as hard as it was to get excited for this and i think that that's been a very that'll be a clear theme throughout this episode for me at least is rushed matches and you know some it's not entirely up to them because of COVID and other issues. And some, it's just really poor short-sighted booking by Nosawa. And he is a huge fucking issue when it comes to Noah. And people are really clamoring for, you know, Shiozaki, Kiyomiya, Inamura, Keno, Nakajima to all leave. And when your hardcore fans are hoping for that, you're doing something wrong. You're driving them the fuck away. So as good as this match was, the circumstances were just as bad, I thought, but they were able to make the most of it and still put on a serious match of the year contender. Uh, did you have anything else to say about this? No, <laughs> it was, it, I mean, it was great. It was a great showing by both of them. Um, I honestly can't remember any of the spots from this one, whereas in January 1st, I have some of those spots just like drilled in my brain. So, yeah. you know. I'm going to be comparing the two matches that happened in the same year, and this has, this pales in comparison to that first one, no matter how good it was. Yeah. Um, just fine. Day three, the final day, March 24th. Uh, this had a couple interesting singles matches. I like these Noah shows at the end of the month that aren't quite, um, you know, they're not there great voyage shows or main events. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're getting these nice sort of, you know, brief feud write-offs. Like, uh, you know, at Great Voyage in Yokohama, you had Daiki Inaba pinning Marafuji in the tag tournament first round. So here now we're going to get their singles match. So Marafuji defeated Inaba. I thought this was fine. I mean, I'm going to say it was good. It was a three and a half stars for me. I'm not going to say that's fine because that's like a seven <laughs> out of ten. Pretty goddamn good. Um, this was one of the better Inaba matches I saw. 
just because, you know, he really got to help pace the match with Marafuji. Marafuji is, you know, just an all-time great, really good, and it seemed like he really wanted to work with Anaba here and try to unlock something in him. Um, do I think they were able to unlock that? No. Do I think that they maybe touched on it? Perhaps. Um, and then you had Masato Tanaka defeating Daisuke Harada, uh, the former GHC Junior Heavyweight Champion. I love it when they mix up the the divisions. You know, I think it was a couple months ago we had Keno versus Seki Yoshioka. And those matches are always super, super fun to me. Um, because I don't think there's many other companies out there. You know, DDT doesn't really have divisions. New Japan will do it in their tournaments, but not really on Road 2 shows. And it's never really in a special way. It's pretty much just Hiromu. I would say 90% yeah. of their time getting to work with heavyweights. Um, so it's always fun when they blend the divisions. I didn't think this match was great. I thought it, I gave it a three star. It was good. It's fine. Um, not the best matching of styles. And I think when you get Masato to knock in a match like this, sometimes he kind of just runs his formula. And I felt like this was an example of that. And then in the main event, you had Masakatsu Funaki defending his GHC national title against Hideki Suzuki, which was interesting. Did you get to see this? I didn't watch it. So it was not very long, just like a lot of Funaki's defenses have been, I would say, all under 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, his Keno match was three minutes. His match with Simon Gotch, which we'll talk about, I believe was like nine minutes. Yeah. And maybe this was... I'm trying to eight. see, maybe I can this find... Was, this is eight minutes. Eight? Four, eight, eight, eight minutes, 14 seconds. And it's really like, you know, in all these matches, Funaki catches them. It's a quick tap. And it's, yeah. I appreciate that for their that. realism, um, but they're not standing out in a meaningful way. And I feel like he needs to, you know, it feels like he's kind of just doing a Grunaki, uh, Funaki's greatest hits right mm -hmm. now, almost like. It's really no Saba like, hey, I'm going to book a Funaki Pancrase title reign. Almost like, mm -hmm. and that's cool for him, but is it translating into a must-watch title reign? No, not I for me. I skipped, I skipped the title match because I was like not interested in it. Yeah, and I mean, sure, you have the benefit of these not running super long, but at the same time, you know, this story is who is going to catch Funaki eventually, eventually, right? And that will be exciting. But it also feels like they've worked themselves into this corner now where who's going to do that that's not a technical guy? Yeah. And, you know, you've used Keno, you've used Hideki Suzuki, you've used Simon Gotch that's going to leave you with uh, Sakuraba... You can do a Nakajima, but it's going to be interesting as to who's going to catch the guy, right? It's kind of yeah. like that AEW, the professor's five-minute thing, which I don't know why the fuck they abandoned that, but that was great. And, yeah. um, you know, it's like, it's got to be someone meaningful, and I just don't see who that's going to be yet. I would love a Yoshi uh, Yoshiki Inamura GHC national title reign, but I don't see Yoshiki Inamura tapping out Funaki or catching Funaki, right? So, I have... I, I mean, there's someone that there's no way they would ever do it. It would be just based on, like, the last... Just, really just, and I want to talk about this person more later, but I really think that, like, a very cool person that you could do that with um, would be Yano. 
Uh, cause Yano is just like this like pure baby face, like underdog. Yasukaki Yano? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And if he, I mean, I know he's a junior and all, but like if you set him up against Funaki, you can kind of give him a, uh, a Mikey Whipper kind of style, like, uh, championship victory where it's like out of nowhere that he like fights from underneath all the time and squeaks out victories. And I think he has like the charisma and the fire that would be able to like really translate well. And like, it could work really well in that, in that situation. Completely agree. Um, I would also throw Kenya Okada in there. I think yeah. either of their young boys would be, you know, I think they would really ele- get elevated by and elevate themselves and succeed in that role. Um, I think that's way more interesting than, you know, Sakuraba or yeah. who the fuck knows winning it. I, I, uh, also, skip, I just skip Sakuraba matches right now. I just won't yeah, watch okay. any of them. I do love Sakuraba. Um, also, I will say, Funaki did have a remarkable uh, national title defense against Matsuaki Mochizuki, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to throw that out there. But yeah, yeah it's um, something needs to change. And again, as much as we like to daydream about a young talent and Noah going over, <laughs> yeah. that's a pretty big fucking ask. So yeah. I know, and I, you know and I know I reached down to the very bottom of the card to pull that name, but like we'll talk about it later. His performances this weekend were phenomenal. <laughs> That's all, like, that's all I'll say right now. <laughs> uh, well, this brings us to April. Uh, yeah. Do you want to take the lead, or I have some notes as well? So I know? really, like, I really only prepared for the Majestic. So if you want to keep leading well, us, that would be that would be great. Yeah. And again, um, I, I'm pretty much just going through what I saw as the yeah. highlights yeah. Um, for each show. So we began the month with the Real Overture Tour. Day one took place on April 3rd. Um, you know, and something I want to talk about too, at least that I feel like is always really fun to discuss that I really need to start trying to is the attendance. Um, oh, yeah. Just because, uh, you know, you see Noah's Real Overture show. They are in Takasaki. They are at the G Gunma. They did 385 in attendance. Um, you know, that's just for a normal show. You have a pretty strong six man. You have a GHC junior heavyweight tag title match. And when you look at, you know, okay, let's see who else has done attendance there this year. New Japan was there January 22nd. Nothing of note. Six man, eight man, six man tag team and young boy matches. 776 and when you're doubling that number with less matches on that show you know i think that you are seeing a decline in their in the level of interest in noah because we talked about this i believe in february show but about you know the young boys glass ceiling and at this point i'm going to put nakajima and keno and young boys because they're under 40 which is really and sad <laughs> <laughs> yes it was very exciting at first because it was like it was. oh my god all these old guys are in noah now this is really exciting and you know like who's gonna be the first to beat this guy who's gonna be the first to beat muto who's gonna be the first to do this and no one has achieved anything yet no one has had that big win no one's had that massive accomplishment uh, massive accomplishment there's been no shift in the power dynamics where it feels like the glass ceiling is almost like see-through concrete now you know it's like one way 
and it's just not exciting. You know, I don't get excited for these matches anymore. I'm just like, okay, cool. They're yeah. going to lose again. Um, <laughs> so, but, you know, this match did have Manabu Soya versus Hideki Suzuki. Not the best blending of styles, I thought. Um, but it was, you know, it was fine for what it was. It was cool to see them face off. So I'm grateful we got that. And then we had, yeah, the uh, tag team title match. It was Kotogi and Yohei defending against Ohara and Tadusuke. I did not watch it, but just notable for their defense. Um, then on April 8th, we had another real overture show. And I'm looking at their Karakan Hall numbers. This one did 422. And when you're looking at what they were no, doing... The one on the 8th, 8th did 382. 382, sorry. The one on the 9th did um, 422, yeah. And then even though, like, their Karakan Hall shows in, you know... God, February 10th. Marafuji versus Shirozaki and Funaki versus Mochizuki, 379. Like, Noah went from being really one of the hottest products, I felt like, to just, it's just been this slump. And it's wild to have had a season change that quickly, right? Yeah. Like, it was almost night to day and day to night. And it's sad to see it declining so quickly. Um, but yeah, on this April 8th show, 382 in attendance at Crockin Hall, uh, the stuff that I checked out, uh, Hayo from Dragon Gate faced uh, Yuta Miyawaki, defeated him. It was, you know, a pretty basic Hayo match. If you've watched Dragon Gate, he's a little shithead. Um, I think he's much, much better, as you know, you probably got to see in multi-man matches mm -hmm. um, on the Majestic and Innovation show. We had, in the main event, Go Shiyazaki and Masato Tanaka. You're, the versus... wrong. You're looking at the wrong show. Oh, again. wait, really? No, April 8th. Yeah, Shiozaki and Tanaka versus Fujita and Sugira. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. You skipped... Sorry, no, no I'm sorry. You skipped over uh, Hideki okay. Suzuki versus uh, Nakajima, Time Limit Draw. Oh, because that's the main event of the show, in my opinion. So <laughs> I wanted to talk about okay, that okay, one. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Talk about the tag first. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, I mean, it was a good leading up tag team match. I think I gave it a 3.754. When Noah goes all in, I, I really don't think anyone does these multi-man main event matches better than them. You know, it really feels like those, because they feel important. It feels like who's going to get the pin? Who's going to get that leverage? Because very rarely do the tag team partners get pinned in these matches, right? Like, I'm pretty sure it was Shiozaki getting pinned by Fujita. And it's the champion and the contenders always switching falls. So I really appreciate no, about that, Noah. This was the match where Fujita went like fucking buck wild at the end, right? This is the match where Fujita went to the outside, chugged a fucking beer, went back inside, hit the living shit out of Go Shiozaki, pinned him arrogantly, poured beer all over him, and then put like fish in his mouth, right? That was this match. Yeah, and then he, like, beat the shit out of Sugiero, too. Yeah, yeah, he beat the shit out of Sugiero. <laughs> and and twerp you over him. I was, like, fired up after this match. I was like, let me see Fujita go. I need to see it right now. I thought it was yes. such a great build-up for that match. I, I like, I, I, honestly, I really thought the only, 
only um, thing that you could do after that is have Go win. If Go would have lost to Fujita, he would have had no credibility left. He would it would take so much rebuilding of his character to be able to get him to the championship um, again. Because like if if Fujita like destroys him like that in a tag match and then beats him in the singles match, like I thought it was over. And honestly, I would have. I was thinking about not watching Noah anymore if that happened. Obviously, that didn't happen <laughs> because other things happened in the world. But I really loved that finish just as, like, this, like, monster villain just, like, going ape shit on everyone around him and, like, our beautiful baby-faced boy just, like, laying there unconscious but, like, knowing that he has a chance for revenge later. I love that story. No, it was... um it's fun and like this is a match and especially a post-match where you're like okay Fujita's working the role he is doing well in this position but does he deserve it no does he need <laughs> to be there no can he be doing this in a different role yes so yeah. you yeah. know whatever but yes the real main event of the show Katsuhiko Nakajima going to a 30 minute time limit draw with Hideki Suzuki um you know, Nakajima is someone who you forget how fucking good he is at technical, like, map-based wrestling. He is so goddamn good. So good. Um, brief tangent, just because I thought about this when you were talking, but John Moxley versus Fujita would be remarkable. Um, yes, it would. Right? So this match was just... It was a near flawless match again this was a serious match of the year contender um it's the very best of suzuki with what it, with everything that makes nakajima so special um and it sucks that even suzuki is already protected this much it seems that nosawa will go to lengths to protect everyone on the roster except the roster you know um like Super crazy gets pinned less than fucking Nakajima does at this point, which is horrifying. Um, and if that statistic's not right, I apologize. I'm just <laughs> um, but yeah, what, what were your thoughts on the match? Um, I think I caught it live because I think I was at work. So, because I, I go to work at 6 a.m. On, on the East Coast. So, a lot of the times I'm able to catch the like second half or like last couple matches of stuff live. Um, so I'm pretty sure I caught this one live. Um, I thought it was phenomenal. Um, yeah. It was, you know, this is the longest Hideki Suzuki match. It's only the second, this was the second Suzuki or third Suzuki match I'd seen. Um, and I, I thought that they had tremendous chemistry. Like, you can tell that there, there's something real in the animosity between the two of them. Um, and they're able to bring it out in an artistic way in these matches that I really, really appreciate. And, um, you know, it's definitely like, you know, two different guards, like, going at each other, like the younger generation um, with the, with Nakajima's fight. And, uh, yeah, I uh, I didn't expect a time limit draw. That's for sure. I did not see that coming. I was starting to feel like the match was going on for a while, and then they called the draws. Shit. I like it. Like, it was... It was you know, it, um, there's been a lot of time limit draws lately between um, Stardom and uh, AEW, both doing a lot of time there limit was, draws. Uh, Champion Carnival had a couple as well. I know they did yeah. 
Shigehiro Erie and T Hawk, and then there's one other one, and it was, you know, I I feel like I love a good time limit draw. Nakajimo and Keno from last year, Shuri, um, and Utami. I mean, that was a double knockout, but still, they went to time limit before. <laughs> Kento versus Jake Lee, and you know, you can do really great time limit draws. I thought this was one of them. Yeah, I um, did too. Because. Sometimes when a match begins, you just know that they're going to the time limit. And this was one where it was so evenly matched throughout and so well measured and paced that it didn't feel like they were just working towards the 30 minutes. It felt like they were still just working each other. Yeah. Um, and I really, really appreciated that. I can't remember exactly how it ended, but like, were they still struggling with holds on the time limit? Was called. Yeah, it did not feel like there was anything definitive. I want yeah. to say it wasn't one of those ones where, you know, Nakajima hits his vertical spike and then he's crawling to him and then yeah, it ends. Exactly. That's very WWE. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I, see, I'm not a fan of those draws per se. Yeah. Because I, I, like, think I, like the, I like the, sorry to cut you off, but I did like that draw in Brian Page, um, the 60 minute time limit draw, Brian Nielsen versus that page where. Brian would actually just like crawling over and like miss the pin at the last second. I enjoyed it there, but that's like different. That that's a whole different animal that match. Um, but with I the long, the longer time limit and everything, it just to me that one harkened back to like the the Joe Punk draws, um, mm -hmm. and I think that's like what they were gunning for. Whereas like an epic draw, whereas like this one was like a we just needed more time because we're so evenly matched, um, technically draw, which is like different vibes definitely um yeah i think you know you can def you can definitely do both successfully mm -hmm. that's probably one of the stronger examples of the sort of entertainment version as you just said um but yeah no this is one of my favorite matches of the year probably like i'm looking at my list definitely top 10 so just Awesome. I think this was my match of the month for April. Nice. I, I'm pretty confident about that. Um, yeah. Well, let's move to the big shows. Do you want to take the reins for the majestic yeah. shows? Let's do it. So everyone that has listened to the first two episodes knows that I am not a fan of, well, not, it's not that I'm not a fan of the junior heavyweight division here. I just don't watch it. However, I decided for the Majestic, I'm going to watch the N Innovation show. I watched uh, nine of the ten matches. Nine of the ten. All right, so let me pull up the card here. So we opened up with um, Ikuto Hidaka uh, defeating Kai Fujimura in six minutes and 37 seconds. Um, I thought this was like super, super fun match. I thought Fujiwara has so much fire um, in, in, in his, like, uh, physical charisma, and I thought that um, Hidaka was really smooth. Like I was really impressed with these two, these two young guys. Like, what do you think of this match? Um, honestly, I skipped the first four okay. just because okay. of time. Okay, I love to hear about it. I, I, you know, this is a match I would go back and watch. Yeah, um, um, I literally gasped at the finish, which I won't spoil for you, mostly because I cool. didn't write it down. But I gasped at the finish. It was so cool. Yeah, I mean, Hadaka is always great. Um, he can still go. Fujimura, Yano, Okada, those guys are all super strong. And 
I think it's unfortunate that they don't get talked about more simply because they are in the shadows of peoples who are in other people's shadows in other people's yeah. shadows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's great to hear. Yeah. All right. So match number two. I think I'm on an island here. This was my match of the night. What? Selects. Wow. Selects defeated Yasutaka Yano. Okay. Yano's music fucking rocks. <laughs> it sounds like it's from Sonic Adventure 2. It sounds so cool. Um, and he's just this like short guy in blue tights. And uh, he's very unassuming. And then Selects comes out, who they call a super junior heavyweight. And the, he has one of those like... 2003 WWE SmackDown like cartoon bodies where he's just like his upper body is just exploding and he's so defined you can see every single muscle he's like dehydrated so like all of his muscles are popping he's just this like huge man and he wears like sunglasses and calls himself the business it's very fun gimmick and he is like so overly charismatic I just um, saw a picture of him yeah they opened the match with pinning combinations. <laughs> Just immediately, boom, went to pinning combinations. I thought it was really cool. Um, and it was a tremendous uh, 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 sequence to just, like, start off the match with. Um, I thought that Yano, Yano reminded me of, like, Kikuchi, where he just, like, can run around really fast. He can sell his ass off. He can bump his ass off. But he has fire to come back and bring it back, like, to the bigger opponents, whereas, like, Slex is, like, way bigger than him. Um, the finish of the match, Slex got Yano into a torture rack, into a blue thunderbomb. Oh, wow. It was so sick. Um, I thought the match was awesome, under 10 minutes, and I wrote that Yano works underneath like a pro. Like, if I was booking Noah... I would be slotting Yano into some, like, really interesting, like, underdog victories against upper card people just to see if he connects with the crowd the way that I would hope that he does. Because I think he has this, I think he has a lot of potential in him. Hopefully in 30 years when he's 52. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, if, I'm just thinking, like, yo, if Yano was in Dragon Gate, he would be doing gangbusters right now. Right, because Dragon Gate pushes young fucking talent. Who would have thought? Yeah, or have? DDT. Like, no one needs to be careful because just because they're all under cyber fight, I mean, Takagi should just start grabbing people. But yeah, Slex is cool. I, I saw him first. It was that first New Japan Australian tour that they did, which mm -hmm. had like Osprey versus Eagles. Um, I want to say it was like Okada versus Slex or something because at that point... I remember all I heard about coming into this tour was how cool Slex was. Slex was like the hot guy in Australia. Yeah. He's and I hadn't heard about him since. So he is sexy. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like I'm not usually into like cartoonish bodies like that, but like Slex has got it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, alright, so uh, yeah, the next match, I fucking hated this shit. Yeah, I'm it, was, uh, it, so. it was Kataru Suzuki versus Yuya Susumu, time limit draw. These are my notes. Not into this. Hates like a boring heavyweight match. Didn't deserve the draw. Just wasn't good. It's, boring. It's very confusing as to why 
you would have a 20 minute draw as your third match of the night after two like, like boom 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 fast paced matches yeah and you know it's weird especially because the next match is a six man with los peros why didn't you just make that an eight man and put these two guys in it and add an extra five minutes and then that way you can take 25 minutes off the junior tag match so <laughs> also something i want to touch upon these shows are too long they're way too long like each one of these shows without like if you cut out the like opening like you know talk show part they're over four hours each and like watching two four-hour wrestling shows back to back like one day and then the next it's your entire day you have to plan your whole day around it it took me a really long time to finish day two because I would like watch a couple matches and then just like pause and like go do other stuff and come back and watch it because it was just dra- I don't know it just dragged it was hard to sit through the whole show. <laughs> um, luckily for this one, I watched the first five matches at work, so um, that made it a little bit easier to, to get to finish it after I got off work. But the next day was just like difficult. Um, but yeah, let's keep it rolling. Uh, the six man tag match, I didn't like this. <laughs> I, I thought that this was also boring. Um, I think that Nosawa and Super Crazy just like shouldn't be wrestling anymore. They're Nosawa really is. Do you they're watch just Big done. Japan? No, I don't watch Big Japan. No, she's well for anyone that watches Big Japan. Nosawa is the Jackie Numazawa in ring of Noah. It's just like an old guy who just you're like go sit down. Yeah, Super Crazy. It's like go sad to down. see Super Crazy in the ring right now. Meanwhile, Hootie's still killing it. Yeah, but, yeah. But, uh, well, kind of. But, uh, I thought Tejano Jr. was good. I liked Tadasuke. Oh. But, like... Did you get to see Super Crazy's one-week All Japan Junior no. Heavyweight Tag Title run from this year? No. Oh, it was great. <laughs> so fucking good. Oh. <laughs> like, fucking Tajiri and Hosawa, the worst thing is when they have a mutual friend. <laughs> that motherfucker... <laughs> Shows up in both promotions <laughs> to fuck up both whatever they're doing. So, fuck. Yeah. I, but yeah, I also don't like Ohara, so, like, it made it even harder to watch that match. Anyway. Uh, the next one was um, Howe versus Neo. Loser has to change their name and shave their head. Um, this match was good. It wasn't great. It was just a solid juniors match. Like, I didn't really even feel the, like, tension between the two former partners like you like you think you should in the blood feud like this. I didn't get it. I don't know. Maybe maybe I just wasn't, like, as tuned into it, but I, I didn't feel that match at all. Did you enjoy it? I, I really liked it. Um, Let me pull up my ratings just because I always love it. It's rated high on, on, on Cage Match. I just wasn't feeling it. I give this one four stars. Um, this feud has been one of my favorites so far this year. Um, How was really one of my favorite talents to watch, like in the first quarter of the year. Oh my god! Um, oh my god! I'm so sorry. I'm fucking dumb as hell. I read the wrong notes for the wrong match. Oh okay. I'm so sorry. I'm all right. So everyone, those were not my thoughts on that match. My thoughts on the match was <laughs> the exact opposite of what I just fucking said. I wrote, the emotions of this grudge match are palpable, <laughs> but Neo doesn't connect with me. Um, I thought that the right person won. 
I thought the match was a little too plodding, but you were able to feel the fire of the grudge match. Um, I was wrong on that. <laughs> yeah, I no, I was like, damn, wow, okay. Yeah, my bad. Um, I was thinking no, of the no, next no. match, the Extreme Tiger match. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so, yeah, no, I like this a lot. Um, in ring, I thought their 15-minute time limit draw from earlier this year was better. But this one, obviously being the end to the story, was really, really good. So I think that – I would say that this match was still great in ring, but it was the story that really elevated it as well. I yeah. think to a level of greatness that that first was. Um, but yeah, Hal's character has been very exciting. Him leaving Congo – uh neo just pretty much torturing him i mean for like the past four months now and i completely agree with you saying that neo isn't someone you really connect with you know he's one of those heels that you don't really get a sense of who he is other than that he's frustrated with how for a reason whether it's leaving congo or whatever um you know they were a tag team so who knows but yeah uh, hopefully, you know, anytime he has to change his hair or he had to shave his head and he has to change his name. So hopefully now Neo becomes a character that we are able to connect with. Like this is, you know, a massive opportunity for him to do something different, to do something more meaningful on a level than just good in-ring skill. So here's to hoping that he is able to pull it off. Do you know, do you, do you know, do you know what his new name is? Cause he already, it's already been announced. Oh, it is? Yeah. It's funny. What? It's funny. It's his name is funny. No, 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 no. The name oh, is the, the name is hilarious. No, no, no. It's high, like H I high sixty nine. Wait, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the name. Didn't he? Yeah, it's high sixty nine. Wasn't that his name before? Hold on. It looks like it was his name before yeah, 2019. Yeah, that was his so name before. He just went it was, to his old name. That's fucking... Okay, so because I'm pretty sure, and I still don't remember if this is right, but I think the reason that they were all how Neo, Keno, is because of Congo. That makes a lot of sense. And that's why yeah. they were all like, you know, sorry that, you know... <laughs> Manabo Soya didn't get that name or, change. Or Katsuhika Nakajima. Yeah, there we go. But uh, yeah, yeah, okay, Katsuhika that makes more sense. He's like, I'm not changing my fucking name, but um, but yeah, that's really funny that he just went back to high sixty nine. Yeah, high sixty nine. <laughs> well, hopefully he becomes. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with this character, especially if he sticks yeah. with Congo. Yeah, he is because um, uh, they announced the match already. Um. Oh yeah, if you have any upcoming cards. Yeah, I'll 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 grab I'll grab that. Yeah. It's it's for it's not a cage match, but I'll gra I'll grab it while we talk oh. about the rest of Majestic. Um so the next match was what my notes were about. Um Yoshiaka um uh Seki uh Seiki Yoshioka versus Extreme Tiger. This was good. Nothing groundbreaking. Solid juniors match. I enjoyed it. Like not much to say about it. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Honestly, I gave it a three and a half stars. I was once I watched that How versus Neo match, I was just in a good mood, and I was like, I'm excited to watch wrestling right now. Um, and 
Um, sorry, I just sent a quick text. <laughs> I thought Extreme Tigers, I think he did the moonsault to the outside. Yeah. And just like went to the fucking crowd, yeah, which that was, was a tight. theme throughout this show. It was awesome. Yoshioka is super underrated in the ring. The guy can move freakishly fast. Um, and I've never seen Extreme Tiger before. So it was to me, um, I was excited about it. You know, it was a very fun match in the end and I enjoyed it. Cool. Cool. All right. Next up, we had Zebrats versus Alejandro, Harada, and Miyawaki. This match fucking rocked. Zebrats <laughs> uh, Z- are cool as hell. Shoot Skywalker is like, has like the most confidence of anyone on this card. He was just standing there like, he, he, I mean, obviously it's the mask that makes me feel this way a little bit, but like, I was definitely getting Super Dragon vibes from just like, he know he knows that he's the best and on top, and he lets you see that in the way he carries himself in the ring. He just knows that he's so, an ass kicker. Had, do, do you know what Shin Skywalker's been going through the past like six months in Dragon Gate? I know that he was that he was in a group called Masquerade. I know that they broke up. I know that he kept his mask the other people didn't. So, like, long story short, open the Dreamgate champion, which for those who don't watch, Dragon Gate is their world title. Um, he had several defenses at Kobe World, which is their sort of WrestleMania, Wrestle Kingdom. Day one, he defended against KZ. Day two, he lost it to Yamato. Um, after that, there was tension in Masquerade, specifically between him and Kota Minora. Um, This all boils over. It's a very heated feud with the unit, the red unit. Um, I guess this is fun because then it, it gives, you know, context on Zebrats, the team yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and so it eventually gets to the point where it's Diamante and... Uh, Dia Inferno versus Dragon Dia and Shin Skywalker. Whoever gets pinned on the opposite team loses their mask. All four men are masked. Um, towards the end of the match, and there was already a lot of tension, and Skywalker just started acting really kind of crazy, like very much like an Omega with the title, just mm. paranoid, um, just not all there, very much just obsessed, like a golem, you know? Mm-hmm. And so... Skywalker's about to lose, and Dragon Dia gets in the way, like takes the bullet for him, and Shin Skywalker pushes him into the into like the finisher, and Dia loses because of Skywalker. Basically, Skywalker's like he'll take the fall for me. After that, everyone's like, "What the fuck?" So Masquerade <laughs> pretty much disbands, and then it is like cons. This new group is like consummated in. I believe it's an open the triangle gate match of Jason Lee, Kota Minora, and Shin Skywalker versus Red. Um, I think it was like SB Kento, Ita, and Hayo, and they beat Shin Skywalker in them. And then the, after the match, Hayo and SB Kento start jumping Ita and UT. And then Skywalker starts beating the shit out of them too. And then they beat the shit out of Masquerade and boom, they are Zebrats and they all change from red to yellow. Cool. So I completely agree. Skywalker is on a whole other level from being, you know, they're 
top babyface world champion to becoming an insane guy. I mean, it's like a Daniel Bryan level switch performance. Yeah. He is so ridiculous. I fucking loved this match. I gave it four and a quarter star. I thought it was all the best from everyone on display. SB Kento had an absolutely fucked up snap German suplex. It was, you know, all the excitement of Dragon Gate mixed with the intensity of the Noah's Junior Division. Um, you know, in terms of tag matches on the show, this is the one to check out. Yeah, I uh, I wrote that um, Hayata has an amazing hot tag. Like, uh, halfway through that match, his hot tag is just, like, outrageous. I thought Shun Skywalker did... Shun Skywalker did... Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the old Shakar wrestler, um, Frightmare, but Shun Skywalker did his move, the knee collapse, which is like a moonsault into like a knee drop from standing. And oh, uh, when Shun Skywalker did that, I was like, oh my, I've never seen someone that big do that move before. <laughs> um, I want Shun Skywalker, like, in the heavyweight division in pro wrestling Noah. I want to see him wrestle Kano. I want to see him wrestle Goshiyazaki. I want to see him fucking make a fool out of Fujita. Like, I want, I just, I would love to see more of him, and I think I'm going to start watching Dragon Gate based strictly on this match. Dragon Gate is definitely one of the best promotions. I mean, like, if you're talking about 20 promotions in 2022 so far that have really, I feel like everyone really took off at the beginning of the year with the exception of New Japan. Yeah. In terms of the big companies. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, Drew Parker lost his death title. Nomura just lost his strong title. So Big Japan was kind of like, you know, what the fuck again? But man, Dragon Gate starting off the year, yeah, with like the Zebrats change, bunch of faction switches, Dragon Dia losing his mask, but then becoming Brave Gate champion, Dan Ferno unmasking himself and becoming his tag team partner again. There's <laughs> all sorts of cool shit. Them starting the team D Courage. Um, holy shit, if you don't know. So Minora left Zebrats, and then since. Kaito Ishida was kicked out of red by SP Kento and Hayo when they became Zebrats. Naruki Doi is courting these two young guys to join his team, his new faction. They call it Gold Class because he's like, I have the best two rookies, which is, you know, hard to argue in him. And then to seduce Kota Minoru into the group, he changed one of the young boys into Minorita, who is literally just a tiny version of Kota Minora. Same entrance gear, same fucking haircut. And he was like, I'll give you a little version of yourself if you join me. And Kota Minora's like, sure. You know, it's fucking awesome to have that much stuff happen in the first four months. That'll happen in like one month. Yeah. And it's very exciting. That's um, awesome. That's DDT awesome. is awesome. Stardom is fucking awesome. Tokyo Joshi is fucking awesome. Noah, not so much. Um, well, there are this. Well, speaking of Noah and fucking awesome. Dragon Bane versus Alpha Wolf versus Ninja, fuck, Kamikaze, whatever the fuck, Cirque du Soleil, Mac. Like, this was, this is something that you don't see in Noah. This is not, this is not Noah Juniors. This was a perfect hybrid of Lucha and American Indie Cruiserweight Wrestling. Ninja Mac's a freak. Like, the, this was a, this match was completely unique. I couldn't write anything down. My jaw was just dropped almost the entire match. Ninja Mac in Noah, or I guess even just Ninja Mac with legitimate luchadors, is like a revelation. 
And I want to see him against more competent people more often because, yes. like, when he's wrestling American indie guys, like, it can be good, but, like, he needs more structure to his matches. He needs he needs people that are way better than him to structure things, and he also needs people that are way better than him to base, and he needs people that are way better than him to, uh, you know, um, when there are mistakes, they can, like fix them on the fly as opposed to things just like falling apart. It's like most of the Ninja Mac I've seen, he's either doing something very, very impressive or things are falling apart. And you didn't get any of that in this match because he's working with like real professionals that know what they're doing that are like fucking Alpha Wolf is like best base in Lucha right now. Like, I don't know that the fact, but just based on the two matches I saw this weekend, I thought his basing was just outrageous. Um, and I thought that, yeah, the three of them had tremendous chemistry, and I, this is my second favorite match of the show. Yeah, this actually was my favorite match of the show. Um, I gave it four and a half stars. It was just so fucking crazy. Um, you said everything perfectly about Ninja Mac. It was getting to see him work, like you said, with competent, better wrestlers. You know, it's, Ninja Mac's one of those people's on the, people on the indies who, very few people can move like him, you know, outside yeah. of like a Blake Christian and Alex Zane, but those are not going to be your ring generals, you know, either. I really don't care for Blake Christian. Alex Zane is fun, but like, I really, really do not care for Blake Christian. I don't know why I'm going to this. But <laughs> I fucking do not care for Blake Christian. And, um, he's like a less popular version of Will Ospreay. Like, for, he's just like a cocky, similar dipshit. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Let's talk about this um, match. Yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. I just don't like Blake Christian. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Um, <laughs> it's all I can think about now. I just hit the pen and all I can think about is Blake Christian. <laughs> Ninja Mac did incredible. Ninja you Mac. could tell the crowd fell in love with yeah. all three guys. Yeah. You know, this is like your... This felt, I mean, not on the same level, but in terms of the in-ring quality, you know, just sort of the excitement, the holy shit, you know, like the spectacle, um, you know, do Fixer versus Blood Generation at Ring of Honor. Like this, oh my God, we haven't seen this in Noah in God knows how fucking long, much less definitely since before the pandemic started. Yeah. So it's like getting a new food introduced into your favorite restaurant, right? You're like, Oh my God, they haven't had this dish in fucking six years. <laughs> it was so good. Um, you know, there was still, I think there were two botches in the mat in the match by Mac, and it seemed like the symptom of just simply going too fast. Yeah. But they were able to transform those botches into almost just sort of like, exactly. like, oh fuck, this is like a real fight, right? Yes. Um whereas in the other matches, it'll just sort of break down, like yeah. you said. And, you know, I love Ninja Mac wrestling. Dante Leon. I love Ninja Mac wrestling uh, second gear crew, but it's like in those matches, he really feels like Ninja Mac, almost like a meme. Like this guy's going to do right. crazy shit, you know, flip off a ladder. And this felt like Ninja Mac, the international star. Like yes. this guy's going to get over fucking big. And I think where he really, what he really needs to do is he needs to do Dragon Gate as well. Yeah. Like, and he, and DDT, like, if he is able to do all three, like, that would be fucking insane. And he will become so popular because, and also what I wanted to say is, like, 
dude, you heard him throughout the whole match. He was so vocal. Yeah. He was so charismatic. You yep. really felt everything. And like, you know, a lot of those moves that the crazy spinning flip kick, the insane Phoenix splash, you know, the back flips, these the guys were able to make, yes, these guys were able to make those moves look more real, just less choreographed. Like, holy fuck, when he did the backflip and Alpha Wolf caught him into that fucking German, yep. I thought Mac died. Like, it was just, everything was so fun, and it's really weird that we got to see Ninja Mac and Noah, because he's one of those guys where, you know, unless you're a loco wrestling fan, you really saw him for the first time with GCW like yeah. a year ago. And to watch where he was then to now is fucking crazy. crazy. I think he started like last collective, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He, uh, maybe a little bit before that. But yeah. He, yeah. And, and also Alpha Wolf. Very impressive for me. In this super match. good. Super, Dragon super good. Dragon um, very good too. Did you watch with English or Japanese commentary? English. I watch English. Um, I love Rene Dupree on commentary. Yeah. When he's like, is Dragon Bane busted open? And he's like, no, I think it's his mask. He's like, oh, I don't know about that, brother. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like oh, well, he's not bleeding, but he is bleeding green. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I will say, so Rene Dupree got over with me the, uh, on the two shows. I will say that. I will say that. Um, okay, let's, 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 fun. let's keep, let's keep oh, it, sorry, let's keep it moving. Well, we got a whole nother show to talk about. Um, oh, all right, shit, so, right. uh, so the next one was the junior tag title match of uh, Yohei and Katoge um, losing to Ogawa and Ridgeway. Um, Chris Ridgeway and uh, Ogawa won the JHC junior heavyweight tag team title. And this match, and um, so I was watching this match, and about five minutes in, I paused it, and I said... Let's see how long this match is. And then I saw it was a 33-minute match, and I said, all right, well, we're going to go to the next match. I don't like Ogawa. He bores the shit out of me. I don't want to watch his matches. And when I saw those 33 minutes, and I was so bored after the first five, I just skipped it. Fair. Uh, I wish I didn't watch this match. Very fucking average. I gave it, or not even average. I just thought it was bad. Like, um, since you did not get to see the excitement that was, uh, you know, Katoge, I think, spent 10 minutes in a knee bar <laughs> and a figure four. Like, I'm not even kidding. I think yeah. he spent 10 minutes at the end from Ogawa to then, you know, Ridgeway. And it was just such a weird clash of styles where Katoge can strike. I love Katoge. Yohei does nothing for me. He's just, you know, sort of a weird, fast, high-flyer, flippy guy. Ridgeway is like a little baby Shibata. And Ogawa is a technical, you know, great. But none of it clicked for me. And I completely understand what you're saying about Ogawa. For me, the reason I, I enjoy him is I have gotten to see, you know, a lot of his earlier work going through the beginning of Noah. And so it's one of those things where I think if I didn't have the context of his earlier career, it would make his matches a lot less fun. But for me, it's like you get to see all the ways in which he's adapted mm. and evolved. So the style itself works for me. Um, but I completely understand, again, 
why it would just seem boring as fuck and sometimes it can be so yeah. and this and, and remember this what I, fucking was and if you so, remember i hated the kaito um ogawa match so see that's the one i liked yeah okay so then and then the last match was um hayata versus ita uh ghc junior heavyweight title um hayata won the title in a title change all right after a show full of high energy matches this was too slow for my taste um, I loved the Ita Blade job. He was gushing. But I wasn't in the match. I didn't like it. I didn't watch it. I'm Ita, not going to watch another fucking 28-minute Hayata match. Ita, 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 so Ita gets a gusher. So if you just want to see a gusher, you can go like halfway through the match. But yeah, it's not, it wasn't worth watching. Um, I thought this, sh- you know, I was, I was very down on the juniors before the show. And if you have listened to me talk about the juniors here, you can tell I'm still down on the juniors. Um, I did find lots of stuff um, that I really enjoyed that I had been skipping in the past that I'm no longer going to be skipping um, Hidaka matches. I will no longer be skipping Fujiwara matches. I will no longer be skipping um, Yano matches. Um, I'm going to be watching those going forward. Um, I am invested in these guys now. But it's like all the middling junior stuff. I just It's not... It's not the style. It's not the junior style that I like, and it's just not for me. Um. All right. I think we got to move on to the next oh. show. Oh, you I want you want one more things? thing? Yeah. 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 Um. Uh. I agree. So I will say this left me very excited about the junior division, and I think a big reason for that is the international talent. Yeah. Uh, on this upcoming show that we're going to talk about right now, I don't think the same can be said for the Gaijin heavyweight talent. Um, the show did 1500, which I think for a juniors only show is pretty fucking remarkable yeah. because never are is Hayata, Harada, any of these people considered a flag bearer for the company, uh, just their division. Um, you know, it was very much pitched because Noah's junior division, Marafuji, Kenta, Kanemaru, Ogawa, it used to be the most prestigious junior division in the world, right? So this show was very much trying to get back to that. Uh, do I think Hayato winning the belt again is the peak of that? Fuck no. That's why I didn't want to watch the main event. I will go back and watch it. I just I ran out of time. But yeah. yeah. And um, going into this next show, Majestic 2022, Ryogoku, Gikan, um, the next day, it only did 2,000. And real quick before we jump into the match, like, you know, only doing 500 more with all of your top stars when Zero One did 3,500. New Japan, Zack Sabre, Okada did 4,700. Stardom doing 3,000 and 2,700. DDT for their show, 2,500. That's and not Tokyo good. Joshi <laughs> doing 1,700. And you're coming in around Tokyo Joshi numbers. And, yeah. you know, that's Tokyo Joshi's largest attendance ever. But when it shows that they're growing and you're declining that much, again, there seems to be a severe disconnect from its fan base. And the actual booking and yep. what they think is working. So let's jump into it. All right. So we open up with uh, Flex and Kai Fujimura versus Alejandro and Yasutaka Yano. Alejandro was replacing, I believe, uh, Kenya Okada, who was replacing Kenji Kiyomiya in a match later in the show. Um, I, uh, so I've already said this before, but Yano is the most captivating junior in Noah for me. Um, his comebacks are so sympathetic. 
Like, and his comebacks are great. He's so sympathetic when getting heat. He's able to shine so bright, and everything he does in the ring is believable. I'm so high on this kid. I've only seen two matches of his. Um, I thought Flex and Yano have tremendous chemistry in ring together, and I want to see a best of five between them. <laughs> that would be cool. I, I want to go back and watch this one now. I need yeah, to see Flex. It's 10 minutes. I'm telling you, it's really good. Like, Kai Fujiwara was good. Uh, Fujimura was good, but like Slex and Yato, they got they got something together. It's like I don't know. Sometimes two guys that have different styles just click perfectly in the ring, and they give you like beautiful like stories. And these two have it. I don't understand why, but they do. Um, I also yeah. Real quick, I did not start watching until the national title match. Okay, okay. So if you just want to go through, I'll, I'll fly through them. Yeah. yeah, I will definitely yeah. fly through. Um, I skipped the six man um, because fuck um, you for skipping the fucking Funky Express, you bastard, you fake Noah fan. Look, how could you? <laughs> look, I mostly skipped because O'Hara was in the match. Um, That's fair. But uh, like, I like the how am I gonna say this? I I like the Funky Express entrance. Okay, so I, then I skipped the ten man match. <laughs> <laughs> it's when they enter the ring that the fun diminishes quickly. They don't even look that exciting during their entrance. They're not like doing disco moves or anything. It's weird. It's very strange. Um, I do love the name Muhammad Yone. It's a fucking br- amazing name. And I think King Tani is a great name too. Um, okay, so I skipped the 10 man um, because Super Paras. Not Super Oh my god, that's a restaurant in Tallahassee. Uh, Preston Mall. <laughs> Are not good. I'm sorry. It's just, it's whatever for me. Um, no, they're yeah. your house of torture. You know, it's a 10-minute match that ends in fucking DQ. So yeah. it's a 10-man Los Peros still mall match yeah, for whatever. sure. It's, it was whatever. Okay. Uh, then we had um, Kazushi Sakuraba and Kendo Kashin. Did I skip this one? I skipped this one. I don't like Don Fuji. Um, and I'm not too into um, Sakuraba and Kashin, so I skipped that one. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. Um, Our okay. in-depth super reviews of the show. <laughs> well, I mean, look, we when we in the very first episode, I said I'm only watching heavyweights. Like we opened up the yeah. show with me saying I'm only watching heavyweights. I've grown as a person. I'm watching more than just the heavyweights now. These shows are so long, you can't watch all of them. Okay, so then we had El Hio, El Hio de Wagner Jr. Who, if he has a son, I want the son to be named El Hio de Wagner Jr. Jr. That's the name I think would be best. Um, right. And Rene Dupree defeated Daiki Inaba and Masai Tanaka. This match was just big, meaty dudes throwing bombs. And wow, everyone, I need to watch it. And, and also, everyone was pretty agile. Um, I thought this was a really fun match. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think El Hio Del Wagner Jr. is good. And I think that Rene Dupree actually, like, deserves to stick around in Noah. I like him, and I like him in this context. It's, it's, good, it's a fun match. The next one was Ma- uh, Masakita Mia losing to Michael Elgin. Michael Elgin um, is a dumbass. Michael Elgin is a piece of shit. Michael Elgin thinks that Elon Musk bought Twitter. He hasn't bought Twitter yet. Um, Michael Elgin thinks that because Elon Musk on Twitter, he can't be sued for challenging people to fight him. Um, he's a weirdo. 
Um, he might yell at me because of this review. Um, even though I ultimately enjoyed the match. Um, but that's all I'm going to say about it because Michael Elgin sucks ass. I don't want to talk about him. Um, yeah, I, I skipped it. It's just, it bums me out so much. You know, it's a bummer. Kid and me are going to be a tag team now. Yep. yep. Kid and me is booking post cage war has just been, you know, drizzling shit. That's yeah. about as nice as I can put it. So. Yeah, and then Noah's just like moving forward. They are ignoring all criticism of Michael Elgin. They don't give a shit. Um, yeah. And like, like I hate it. I get it. I understand it because like he's a very competent wrestler and like he's gonna put on good matches. Like that's what he does. But like, uh, his the baggage is too much. And like, like he had he's an abusive person who uses like. I don't know, he, like, is very manipulative, and, like, he manipulates, like, the people around, everyone around him, he manipulates his fans in really, like, disgusting ways, um, he makes people, like, worry about his, like, safety, um, Yeah, he really weaponizes those things. Yeah, yeah, and it's, like, it's, like, really, it's, like, textbook manipulator shit, it's, like, really fucked up, and I don't like, I don't like it, and I wish that he, as a person, could have the, the, the the willpower to, you know, deal with his issues in constructive ways and get past them and, like, work on them and, like, make peace with the people that he's wrong. Because if he could do all those things, I would feel much better about watching his matches, and I think I'd be able to actually enjoy them. But, like, until that shit happens and he still is, like, playing this, like, he's the victim, which is not the case at all, I can't enjoy his matches. He's like a Louis C.K. dipshit that's just bought into this shitty image, and now he just tries to... You know, do it as much as you can. Oh, they just hate me because they hate me. You know, yeah. fuck off. Let's yeah. talk about the national yeah. title match. That sucks. Yes. All right. <laughs> so we had uh, Ma- uh, Masakatsu Funaki defeating Simon Gotch in the GHC national title. Um, this match was fine. I love it. Really, it's like the I, very definition of okay, it's there. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote the match was fine, and I'm starting to lose interest in the shoot style matches. Yeah. I mean, you know, we just talked about the attendance numbers and you're going to wonder why. And it's the two heavyweights they bring in, you know, outside of Dupree and Dr. Wagner Jr., who were their tag team champions right before the pandemic. So, yeah. you know, they're not new guys, but who the fuck are you going to sell tickets for on Funaki versus Simon Gotch? Yeah. No one's clamoring to see that. You know, Simon Gotch does not have any sort of Japanese presence. Do I think Simon Gotch is a place to Noah? Sure. I think that, you know, hopefully he becomes a far better wrestler than Noah, but do I think he needs to be in this high profile right away? No. Yeah. Imagine debuting Juice Robinson like this in fucking New yeah. Japan. No. The reason you cared about Juice Robinson, why he became such a successful babyface in New Japan, is because they worked him up. And I feel like they really think that Simon Gotch is someone who he is not yet by yeah. putting him in this position. Um, and yeah, I just, I didn't hate the match. I didn't like it. It was again, the very definition of just being there where it just felt weird. Yep. And it had the unfortunate, uh, 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 card listing, uh, placement in that it had to go on right before this spectacular eight man tag. Alpha Wolf, Dragon Bane, Extreme Tiger, Ninja Mac, defeat at Sushi Kotoge, Daisuke Harada, uh, 
uh, Junta Miyayaki, is that how you pronounce his name? Um, Miyawaki. Miyawaki and Yohei. Um, okay, this is another match where I didn't write down anything because too much was going on. I just wrote, way too much action to write, but Ninja Mac is a star. Yeah. That's I mean, what I got. Ninja Mac's a star. Alpha Wolf is underrated. Um, and that's, like, my thoughts on this match. <laughs> I would really love a, like junior title run for alpha wolf just because i would love for them to have that big imposing junior you know yes yeah like i think because you know they don't have that they don't have a junior fujita and i think that would be really awesome um you know it's fun that all the new guys go over the noah hardcore roster because it seems how it always goes but in this case i don't care <laughs> yeah um so different. the context is yeah different. no it's it's definitely different and i think that they're way more exciting right now than the core noah roster right these yeah. outsiders um i don't think that's the same can be said for the heavyweights so yeah good match that, that match was cool and again like like i've been saying like the lucha the lucha and the lucha resu is more my like preference for cruiserweights and junior heavyweights. So when I get the high flying and I get the craziness, like that's when I get pulled into those matches. All right. Um, next on the card, we had um, Namichi Marfuji and X uh, against Kenya Okada, who is replacing Kaito Kimia and uh, Yoshiki Inamura. And X ended up being the lariat Satoshi Kojima. Um, I wrote that all four of them had great chemistry. I was really, really impressed with Kenya Okada. This was my first match of his I'd seen. And I actually really was impressed with Yoshiki and Amura. I thought he had good presence in this match. Um, and I thought that um, Hojima didn't look out of place at all in Noah. And honestly, he is a better fit in Noah than New Japan right now. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts on this. Real yeah, quick, it's complicated. Say... It's complicated. Yoshiki Inamura's new gear is fucking awesome. He finally has like something. His mullet is fucking badass. Like how the 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 mohawk and the mullet now. Also, at Sushi Katoge's gear was definitely the best part of the junior tag match the night before. Um, but yeah, they were really really cool. Kojima being X, yeah, I don't care. I really don't. Yeah. I agree that he'll be better used in Noah than he will yeah. be in New Japan. But I also think that's the main issue in Noah right now is that yeah. all of these oldest shit guys who can still go, like most of them can still go, yeah. but they're not going to be booked as strongly in the other companies because the other companies are pushing their young talent and they're cognizant of that. So they are very clearly going to this company to take spots that they feel they deserve rather than helping build the future in other companies. Uh, it hasn't been said yet, but it looks like Kojima may have been switched or may have switched to Noah permanently. You know, he came out in the shirt. Yeah. He's been promoting, promoting them super heavily. Uh, all that said, this was a good match. Kojima's the number one contender for the title now. Yep. Um, at, cyber, at the Cyber you know, Festival, June, June 12th. Which is going to be a cool match. You know, lariats, chops, it should be the best match of Kojima's career. Um <laughs> You know, my biggest fear is this Kojima is where we were last year because Kojima has won the Triple Crown and he's won yeah. the IWGP title yeah. and is Nosawa just going to hand him another Triple Crown like he did to Muto? And then, you know, I saw the online rumors that the plan is for Kojima to defeat Shiozaki 
and then for Muto to beat Kojima. And it's just like, God damn it. If that I'm happens, trying to not, I really... I'm really trying to not think about that kind of stuff. And I'm trying to just like take the shows as they come and see how it goes that way. Because like thinking about that kind of shit will get me so pessimistic about the promotion. I won't want to watch the shows, which kind of happened in March for me. Um, so I'm trying not, I'm really trying to not think about it that way at all. But my main concern is that Mojima and, um, and Shizaki, they're like so similar in ring. Like they have yeah. really, really similar movesets. Um, and I worry, I worry that like, you know, that Kojima is going to like take Go's place kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know. Kojima was perfect as that, you know, surprise challenger for Moxley. Put him in a, a mid-card title match, immediately make it exciting. You know, does he need to be a world champion right now for one of the top companies? Yeah. Fuck no. Yeah. And how does that yeah. make Noah look to have Satoshi Kojima come over, you know, one of the opening card matches on New Japan, and yeah. win their top title from one of their top four, like, roster members like all of this right now feels like burning going back to all japan and i think if people were to leave i pray they go to all japan because you know these people going to new japan nakajima shiozaki keno yeah. none of them are going to get good spots they're going to no. because they're not going to invest in the homegrown talent but they would automatically be the top stars in all japan and that would be awesome. That'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, let's go to the tag title match. All right. So uh, Hideki Suzuki and Takashi Sugura defeated Katsuhiko Nakajima and Kano. Suzuki and Nakajima do not respect each other whatsoever. There's like, there's so many details in this match where the real animosity is just like bleeding through. Um, early in the match. Suzuki has uh, Nakajima in, like, some hold. And Nakajima goes over and grabs the rope. He's holding the rope. And Suzuki won't break the hold! And the ref's telling him to break the hold. And Naka is just, like, holding it, like, pointing to his hand and, like, smiling, like, haha, look, I got it, you gotta fucking break the hold. And Suzuki just won't do it. It was a struggle to get him to break it, because he's just, like... And you can just tell that, like, that shit felt real between them. Um, and yeah, this match overall was just so fucking good. Congo looked great. Um, and I'm trying to look past the politics. And looking past the politics, this match was awesome and I loved it. It was a uh, great tag match. I mean, four really good guys. Like we said already, Suzuki and Nakajima have unreal chemistry. Sugira and Keno is always fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. I mean, I don't really have much to talk about with it. It was just a good no. match. Highly yeah. recommend watching it. And then this is the one where we might... I, I want, yeah, we gotta talk about this one. Um, Go Shizaki defeats Kaito Kiyomiya for the vacant GHC heavyweight title. Until it was vacated by Fujita because he came down with COVID. Match. I didn't take any notes. I knew the result beforehand. The match was good. It was very, very good. It's just hard to be invested in it 
because we had this story of Goshiyazaki who was trying trying to reach the top again and he was going through he, you know he lost all those matches um at the end of was it the end of February he lost all, yeah the end of February and the beginning of March he lost all those matches and then he spent all of March and April clawing his way back and you know he was positioned to potentially dethrone this like monster and like overcome this adversity that had like taken over all of Noah and it's like Fujita is like the the figurehead for like what fans are frustrated with Noah and Goshizaki is the figurehead for what like our ideal Noah looks like right now and if it was it looked like to me it was gonna be a pivot a pivot moment in the company's history where they decide, do we want to continue going with the Fujita story or do we want to, you know, start elevating the now late thirties, early 40 year olds who are really carrying the um, excitement of the company, at least with the Western audience. It felt like we were at this like moment of history where the, you know, it, it was just going to be so important. And like, we, lost that couple days before because Fujita came down with COVID and we will never know what would have happened. And that just took all of the air, all the wind out of the sails. And, you know, the Go and Kaido, they have tremendous chemistry. They're really good together. They're both amazing wrestlers. Like the match was technically great and there was emotion in it, but it wasn't the emotion that had been building up to the show in this match it was a completely different context and it wasn't what i wanted and needed out of it and that's why even though the match was good it didn't feel great yeah um you know i tweeted out i was like go shiazaki's ghc champion i really don't feel anything and he's my favorite wrestler um and i and i replied just because there's nothing to overcome yeah, no, 100%. There's nothing to um, overcome. He overcame a guy he's beaten a bunch of times as a young guy. And it was really, I thought the match itself was phenomenal. Like, if there was a story to it, if there was emotion that I could tap into, you know, I would go four and three quarters, five with it. But, you know, the highest I could go was four and a half. Um, I say that like, yeah. I could only go to four and a Only half. four and a half. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. And uh, <laughs> we're just but, so spoiled uh, wrestling. We're I just know. spoiled. It's and uh, like it was as good as it could have been with the circumstances. You know, the angle of Kiyomiya inserting himself in and displaying that fire was great. I like that. He really exhibited that fire throughout the match, but the result always felt predetermined. And yep. when Go won it, it kind of felt what it felt exactly like to me is when Jake Lee won the Triple Crown last year, defeating Miyahara and Aoyagi. Because it felt... You know, the best things in wrestling, like you just said, is when someone overcomes an opponent. When it feels predetermined, it is so less exciting. The motion is barely palpable. Um, like, you know, it really feels like, okay, well our big plans fell through and we still got to get the title on this guy. So let's just hand it to him. And it really feels like the match is there to hand the title to them just to get on to the next. And honestly, like even though go one and I think cyber fight Shizaki versus Kojima, I'm like, 
Fujita versus Kojima, if Kojima is always going to be X, like that sounds like their stupid ass cyber fight main event. Yes, it does. Know? Yes, it does. And because I'm hoping that it'll be Endo versus Akiyama for DDT. Maybe it's been announced. I don't know. Um, but that's assuming he beat Ueno. Anyway, never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, you know, they are booking like AEW in terms of dream matches, but it's not ones that work anymore. Yeah. And or are necessary. Like to put um Samoa Joe and Suzuki on television, awesome. Put it on there in a main event, give them 20 minutes, that's perfect. Do you need to put Joe and Suzuki in the main event of Cyber Fight? I'm like, no, no. because <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And it has a perfect that's not to say it's not main event level, it's to say that it's not a necessary main event when you could be elevating other people to more powerful positions. So yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it. Do you yeah. have any upcoming cards? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. There's okay. a lot. So Let's we'll go. We're gonna go through it. We'll go through it really quick. Um, all right. So Wednesday, May fourth. That might be like tomorrow, depending on when this comes out. It might be today, depending on when this comes out. Um, we've got <clears throat> uh, Sukiyaru Suzuki versus Rene Dupree and Elio uh, de uh, Dr. Wagner Jr. for the GHC Tag Team Championship. We have Goshizaki, Daiki Inaba, and Yoshiki Inamura versus Kojima, Marfuji, and Tanaka. That sounds pretty fun. Uh, we got Kai we got Kaito Kiyomiya versus Ninja Mac. What? We got Kaito Kiyomiya versus Ninja Mac. What? <laughs> okay, that's pretty fucking. Ridiculous. That's a cool. That's a cool. Thank you, Nosawa. Um. All right, then we got uh Hayata Ogawa Ridgeway. Um, Yoshioka and Susumu versus Harada Kotoge Yohei, um, someone whose name is mistranslated here to Overlord, and uh, uh, Junta Miyawaki. I don't know who this Overlord is. It's just a mistranslation. Um, let me see if I can figure it out. Oh, it's how. How is translated to Overlord. Okay. Um, and then we have um, Nakajima and Soya uh, versus Michael Elgin and Kitamiya. Poor Nakajima getting paired with Michael Elgin. That's a fucking bummer. We got Tadasuke, um, Ohara, High69 versus Dragon Bane, Alpha Wolf, and Extreme Tiger. I might be might drag myself to watch that one, even with Ohara in it. Then we got Kendo and Funaki versus Kendo Kashin and Slex. I would like, I'm interested in Kendo and Slex interacting for sure. Um, Wait, did you say Kendo cautions with Slex? Yeah. If Slex goes Sugiura Goon, that's pretty cool. But that would be really cool. Not, he's like, do barrel? I not he's give like, a fuck about he's, fucking. He's fucking as big as them, too. That'd be awesome. All right, then we got Nosawa, Tejano Jr., and Super Crazy versus Alejandro, uh, Fujimura, and Yano. Um, maybe I'll watch that for the young guys, maybe not. Um, and then Simon. Do you have a link for these so yeah. I can look at them later? Yeah. Um, and then Simon Gotch versus uh, Kenya Okada. You'll need to trans. You need to use a Google Translate. Um, so yeah, that was um, that's May fourth, uh, and now we have May fifth. And oh, May fifth did not trans. Let me refresh and see if it'll translate for me. Yeah, translate. Okay, now I sent it to you. We got May fifth. Oh, 
May 5th is uh, Go Shiozaki, Masao Tadaka, Masaki Tabia, and Deki Inaba versus um, Sugiura, Hideki Suzuki, Rene Dupree, and Elhio del, uh, Dr. Wagner Jr. That match sounds dope. That sounds like <laughs> a really fun eight man. I like that one. Sounds ridiculous. Yeah. More of that. More of well, that. It's, it's interesting. It seems like Slex, Rene Dupree, Dr. Wagner Jr., all of these guys are going to like we're seeing faction alignment, you know, yeah, obviously bit, them yeah. with you know, Simon Gotch looks like he's gonna be in Stinger looking down the card. Um, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. All right, and then we got uh Kojima versus In Inamura, which like fuck this man. Kojima's just gonna it's, destroy him. It's gonna be great, but Inamura needs like, dude, he is a future star. Like, I just don't fucking get it, but um, yeah. Alright, all right. Uh, moving on. Uh, Simon Gotch, Ogawa, Chris Ridway versus Kaiko Kiyomiya, Daisuke Harada, and uh, Juta Miyawaki. Yep, Stinger stays the most boring faction in pro wrestling Noah. Yeah, it, remind, they're remind, it reminds me of like uh, like the the worst tendencies of Catchpoint. Um... Like if like you just take like all the most boring shit Catchpoint did and just condense it all into one thing without any of the excitement. Oh my gosh! Um, the I'm, deep cuts. Hey baby, I'm from Florida. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I um, am the coconut loop. <laughs> <laughs> it never. No, I was outside of it. It never came to me. Uh, the closest oh, it ever came was Live Oak, which was a three-hour round trip. And yes, I did make those. Um, uh, we got um, Soya versus Michael Elgin. Like big beefy boys, but like it's Elgin, Murafuji, Yohei, and Ninja Mac versus Keno, Tadasuke, and Ohara. I hope we get to see Ninja Mac interact with Keno. I want to see Keno not take any shit from Ninja Mac. That's gonna be cool as hell. So you know, Gotch will be a, a heel, assuming that Stinger's still heel. Dupree and Dr. Wagner will be, but it looks like Ninja Mac is joining Team Noah. So yeah, it looks like they're positioning great. him as a cool baby face. And I love it. You know, him and Mara Fuji will be really fun to see together. And yes. honestly, Yohei could be someone for Mac to play off well just because of their colorful sort of personas. Yeah, I like it. All right. And then we got it. It's so it's so funny because like, you know, we we were so down on so much of the stuff, but there's like enough that's like so exciting and cool that like I still want to watch all the shows. Um, all right, then we got the eight an eight person tag: Hayata, Yoshioka, Susumu, and my boy Yano versus Dragon Bane, Alpha Wolf, Extreme Tiger, and Alejandro. You know I'm watching this to see the Yano Alpha Wolf interactions. <laughs> that's gonna be cool as hell. Alpha Wolf is gonna throw him around so much, and he's gonna sell his ass off and bump his ass off, and he's gonna look like a million dollars. And I'm gonna continue singing the praises of Yasutaka Yano. Um, we have uh, Nakajima and High69 versus King Tani and Muhammad Yane. Nakajima is so far down the card now. <laughs> that Dude. sucks. Bummer. I mean, like, it definitely happens on certain yeah. shows. But yeah, like him and High69 teaming against Funky Express is like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, even on the Road 2 shows though, that New Japan does, you're never gonna see Okada in a fucking third, like third round match after yeah. super crazy and your young lion yeah. teaming with like I'm trying to think of what the fucking equivalent would be. 
teaming with like Yano against Manabu Naka. Fuck it, whatever. Yeah. Everyone knows what I'm saying. It's yeah. bullshit. It sucks. Um, it's a bu- it's just a bummer. Um, all right, then we got uh, Tejano Jr. and Super Crazy versus Katoge and How. And Slex versus Kenya Okada. I'm definitely watching Slex versus Kenya Okada. That's going to be a fun eight-minute match. Um, yeah, so yeah, that would be a good opener. Cool, cool stuff on that show. Yeah. All right, we got more to talk about because they have announced a lot of matches. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, so this one is May 19th. There's only two Let's matches. From the... Oh, never mind. Never There's mind. only two matches announced. Yeah, Simon Gotch versus Kaito Kiyomiya and Kojima and Marufuji versus Shiozaki and Inaba. So just continuing the feud um, on the way to the Cyber Festival. And then it looks like... Keeping Kojima aligned with Marufuji. So interesting story with, you know, I am Noah teaming or fighting against, you know, the guy who's claiming Team Noah that just uh, deferred over. Keeping in, uh, Inaba and Marafuji in close proximity. And then I would say, you know, Gotch, I would say this match against Kiyomiya, I think, is going to be a lot more of a determiner of how he'll do in Noah, you know, than a six minute grapple fuck match with Funaki will. Because I think yeah. that this will be his first real show off what you have against, you know, the future ace. Yep. And then, all right. And then the last match that we have announced. Let me send it to you. And it is um, on May 21st. And it is another uh, like story match. But this one is uh, the comeback of Keiji Muto. So it's Keiji uh, Muto, Namichi Marufuji, and Satoshi Kojima versus Go Shiozaki, Kaito Kiyomiya, and Masato Tanaka. This has the potential of being like a turning point match where we, uh, where we, we truly see who is going to be getting pushed after Cyber Fight and who isn't? Eiji Muto. I know. He took a flaming kick in the head and then pinned Kenna like a minute later. I know. I hate this old piece of shit, man. Like, <laughs> well, it's, it's coming just, back. It's so selfish. It is so fucking selfish. Like, you know. Martin Scorsese makes all these movies for 60 years and then I don't know and then he just shits on every new fucking film like it's a horrible fucking analogy but it's like imagine if Michael Jordan decided to go back and play played like total fucking shit made his team lose a lot the fans become fucking disinterested and he's like no I want to be the star again fuck you dude like he's not helping the future he's ruining his legacy like, you know, I don't know. Fuck KG Muto. That's all I got to say. I don't yeah, like it's sucks he's, it sucks he's coming back. They're going to put the fucking belt on him again. If they do, I'm not done because I'll never give up, but it will be painful. We might start talking less about Noah on our Noah podcast. <laughs> We're talking about DDT and Dragon right. Gate. Yeah, Dragon Gate, honestly. Oh, well, is that but it? That's, that's all the matches that we got coming up. Um, I'm going to be, so I'm going to be moving to Minneapolis, Minnesota from Tallahassee, Florida, um, at the end of this month. Um, I believe, um, I believe I'm going to be leaving on May 30th or May 31st. It'll take me like two or three days to drive up there. So the next episode might be a little delayed. Uh, might be like really delayed. We might, I uh, will talk about it. Um, yeah. when, once I get all my stuff set up there, um, and everything, but. Really looking forward to the move. 
I'm, I'm going to go from having zero wrestling uh, companies in my vicinity to four wrestling companies in my vicinity. Um, and, you know, I'm going to end up getting, like, AEW running, like, TV shows, like, that I can take public transport from my house to get to. Um, and I will be... Um, I will be at Forbidden Door um, at, cool. at the end of June, since that's going to be uh, either a short plane ride or a long train to Chicago. I haven't decided which way I'm going to do it yet. But, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this move. I'm really stoked to get out of Florida for political reasons and for climate reasons. Um, and I'm excited to check out the Midwest. I'm excited to get to go see more live wrestling more often. Um, and you know, like people think like, Oh, you live in Florida. You get to go to all the shit. Jacksonville's a five hour round trip for me. Orlando's an eight hour <laughs> round trip for me. Tampa's an eight hour round trip for me. Miami's a 16 hour round trip for me. I don't get Big to go. To, I don't get to go to <laughs> shows. There's no public transport here. You can't take trains anywhere. Like, it's it was it's tough and like I did get I did get to go to a lot of awesome AEW shows like in my time in Florida like I got to I got to go to pandemic like fucking lockdown shows where like it was ten percent capacity that was really cool and I'm always gonna be grateful that I got to I got to do that shit um in like the worst time ever um uh, but I'm I'm ready to leave Florida so if, yeah. again if if any of our listeners I don't even know if we have many listeners I don't check that shit. <laughs> But if any of our listeners live in the Twin Cities, hit me up. I'm going to get, I'm going to go to Battleground Wrestling. I'm going to go to First Wrestling. I think there's two other ones I can't remember their names. But Battleground is in St. Paul. Most of them are in St. Paul. But I'm going to be going to them. I'm excited. And I can't wait to see Devon Monroe. And I can't wait to see uh, the Davaris. And I can't wait to see uh, fucking Top Flight. It's going to be great. Yeah. That's sick. Congrats. Thank I got to run and All start right. life stuff, but yeah. I love you. It's good chatting. Yeah, and uh, we'll see everybody next month on our next voyage. Yeah, until then. Uh, bon voyage. Bon voyage. <laughs> Bye, Nikki. Bye. <laughs>